welcome to pandemic babbling? I mean, I don't know. Medicated babbling doesn't seem like enough. Anyway, the rants, the laughs, the tiny baby steps that get us through the pandemic? I don't know. Chronic illness is what it's supposed to be, but yeah, it's strange times. Anyway, uh, like usual, I am not a health practitioner of any kind. I am a person with chronic illness and opinions. And of course, uh, we're going to talk COVID uh, this month because that's all anyone can talk about. Yeah, so I feel like I need a bit of a bigger disclaimer. I am not an epidemiologist or a COVID-19 researcher. I guess that would be a virologist. You think so. Anyway, um, or an expert in public health or a psychiatrist, psychologist, any of those things. So please go verify anything I have to say with a trusted source. All right, I think that's enough. The situation with COVID-19 is changing uh, all the time and so fast. I mean, I've tried to put this episode together a few times, but like even my thoughts and feelings on what's going on keep evolving and changing. And, and right now, some things stress me out way too much. I mean, this community has so many extra challenges with this. I mean, how do you isolate or distance yourself when you need personal support workers? There's already enough money troubles in the chronic Ill- illness, 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 in the chronic illness and disability world that like now all of this is happening. And I mean, I worry about some of my friends and family during like a normal flu season. So this is extra. This is all extra. Um, I can't deal with all that. That's too much. We That will just stress me out. So instead, I thought I'd share some of the random thoughts my brain's been having. I think it's trying to distract and reassure me and, you know, a little denial I'm sure is in there, but don't worry, I'm doing all the right things. So anyway, I thought I'd share. And the first completely random thought I have is, will there be more babies or fewer babies nine months from now? There's always this thing with like, if there's a blackout, there's a lot more babies nine months after. And I don't know, it might be an urban myth, but it sounds right. There's lots of people that are quarantined together or isolating, distancing together. And I'm assuming those people might make more babies. But there's also a lot of people who I'm assuming are not hooking up right now because that's a lot closer than six feet. But like, will it balance out? I don't know how this works. (laughs) I'm just curious. I guess I'll, should I make a note on my calendar so I can double check? Anyway, this is all my brain going off on tangents so it doesn't have to think about what it's supposed to or what it can't handle. Like, yeah, what does this do to dating? I mean, I haven't dated in ages because it sucks. But the whole distance, but again, like distancing, isolation, quarantine will not make dating any easier. And aside from dating, like, does this whole situation feel really familiar to you? Because it does to me. I mean, it's clearly not, but it kind of feels like instead of us individually getting an illness and having to deal with it and all the repercussions, this is like society as a whole getting an illness and having to deal with it. I mean, seriously, like we deal with a lot of this shit every day. Can't leave the house because of medical stuff. Yep. Happens all the time. Have extra supplies around because you never know how things are going to go. Yes. Well, okay. Not two weeks worth. Well, maybe like accidentally two weeks worth, but not planned on purpose two weeks worth on a typical day. But um, yeah, doing a little bit of extra planning there now have to deal with social isolation and physical isolation. Yes, yes, that all happens. And like having to evaluate the risk of every little thing you do again. Yes, yes, yes. 
dealing with medical information that's uncertain or not available or constantly changing. This is all the time. And I mean, we have to come to terms with massive changes in your life and creating new normals for yourself. I mean, like, yes, hi, healthy people. Welcome to my world. Wait, I said I'd not be too bitter or serious, so maybe I'll spin it a little more positive. Like, it's reminding me of an article Lena wrote about being helpful in different ways now that you have chronic illness and might not be able to do the traditional things like bring a casserole over. Well, actually, does that even happen anymore? I mean, in the land of allergies, food sensitivities, and all the different diets from vegan to carnivore, how would you decide what to make and bring to someone? Anyway, off topic. But what I'm saying is that those of us that have chronic illness have a lot of tools to deal with this shit. And we can help each other and our friends and family out with this stuff. If, If someone's stressed out about some random piece of information about the pandemic that's on social media, walk them through how to check official sources, the ones in your municipality or province or country or the World Health Organization, and provide support. Like... Hold each other's virtual hands while we freak out over this, because this is worth freaking out over. And reassuring each other, we've done a lot of hard shit. We can do this. And finding the balance between being a responsible citizen and keeping informed and not falling down an internet rabbit hole of anxiety, I've made a rule for myself. I check in once a day to see what's up. The rest of the day, I am not allowed, because I'll just spiral. Like, it's just not good. And I do listen to a lot of science-y podcasts, so I get a lot of information there too, but even those, I've had to space them out because it's a lot. It's just too much sometimes. So I don't know what your rule will be. It'll probably be different than mine, but like, just try and pay attention and cut yourself off if you're just constantly looking at the same information and stressing yourself out. Simple things. Send each other cute, funny, distracting videos, because those are like gold right now. And talk to each other, like on the phone or virtually. I know I've been doing a lot more of this because, like right now, it's fine. But I'm assuming in a little while, this will be extra important. Also, I'm guessing since you're listening to a podcast, you have some basic technical skills. Reach out and help people get onto Skype, Zoom, WhatsApp, whatever application you need to have a virtual face-to-face interaction. Because, I mean, I know even the smartest people can be intimidated by tech. They just need a little moral support to figure it out. And if you need help with this sort of stuff, or anything else for that matter, ask for it. There's friends and family around that can help you out. And be gentle with yourself or others. I mean, I'm trying to use all the good coping skills, but I'm not going to lie. Medicinal potato chips have happened. And I haven't, and I personally haven't freaked out to the point where I need to, like, pull the covers over my head and stay in bed all day. But I'm sure there's going to be some of that, too. It just hasn't hit me yet. But either way, like, talk to the experts. If you're feeling anxious, like, talk to your friends with anxiety disorder. They've been coping with this stuff for years and could probably use a call from you anyway. Depressed? Same advice. Don't know what to do with all the beans you stocked up on? Call the vegetarian or vegan in your life. Or your grandma. She's probably lived through some gnarly shit I said gnarly. Oh man, it is a day. Anyway, she knows how to make dinner out of nothing. I do watch a granny on YouTube that makes, like, depression-era meals. And I've watched her before this, because my brain is amused by various things. 
All right, what else has my brain been kicking up? That was a lot of preachy stuff. But honestly, I think I think we underestimate how how many skills we have to deal with a big is- issue like this. And I'm not saying it's going to be easy because it's not, but I think we can I think we can do stuff. And did you know that Purell or hand sanitizer wasn't really a thing before like the initial SARS outbreak? I mean, the, it existed, but it was going nowhere fast. And it wasn't until SARS happened that hand sanitizer became a total thing. And I'm sure it's, and it's only getting bigger now with this outbreak. But I am kind of wondering what the next things that are going to become like the new normal or products that we wouldn't have thought of last year at this time that now are just ubiquitous. And services too, I guess, because like I'm assuming grocery delivery will just be a thing that almost everyone does. I know a lot of people that have maybe not done it yet, but they've installed an app or two that'll that'll help them out with that. And maybe face masks, because I know in Asia people wear them out and about all the time if they're sick or it's flu season. But I mean, here it's mostly only in medical settings. Which makes sense because you have to use them properly and they have to fit right. And there are different kinds. And if you touch your face more because you're wearing a mask, that's counterproductive. Anyway, I personally am keeping an eye out on the topic, but I am not buying any right now because A, of all the things I just said, but also because like the medical supply chain needs to catch up with the new demand and people on the front lines and keeping, you know, society up and running, they need them much more than I do right now. But I wouldn't be surprised if they do become more of a routine thing in North America after this, because it does feel like you're doing something. It feels reassuring. So I could see it. Working from home, obviously, I really do hope that spreads because that was really helpful for me to stay working longer. But I really hope it doesn't all turn into video conferencing because like I said, when I was doing it, it was, we just used voice and shared documents and it worked great because I could roll out of bed and take calls from India super early without even putting a comb through my hair. Like I was not camera ready at all. And then I do the whole shower thing in between like talking to India and when North America would get up and going. So yeah, video, that would change things. I don't know for the better or worse, but it would change things. And I hope, do hope that social responsibility and the concept that little things are really useful will keep going in our societies. I mean, washing our hands more often seems so small and insignificant, but it's not. It makes a difference. And combining that with like all the major efforts we're doing to fight the virus, like we can do amazing things. So maybe when all of this dies down, we can use some of that for climate change or any of another million things. But climate change seems like a good one. Can that be a thing? Anyway. What else? Oh, virtual doctor's appointments. I've been hoping for this one for a while, but Canada at least is very slow in adopting them. I mean, there's a million reasons why, but that's a whole other topic. But not having to drag myself in for every single visit would be amazing. I mean, I've seen so many apps and I have some apps where it tracks symptoms or migraine attacks or your blood pressure or your blood sugar or whatever. And 
they say, oh, you know, if your doctor's using this too, you know, you can give permission and it'll alert them if it's out of range or whatever, or they can have this information before your visit. And I'm like, nobody here I know uses those things, at least not that part of the feature. I use some of these things to track things, but I've never seen it interact with a doctor or like even one of the old ones I have would generate a report I could in theory email to my doctor ahead of time. That's never happened. So if that could could happen, that would be good too. Because yeah, there's no need for us to go in for every single visit. Speaking of like medical and society things, I really do hope the anti-fax thing goes away now. I mean, I know there'll always be some of it, but I really hope it just dies the fuck down. But yeah, what do you guys think is going to be like the new normal? So speaking also of coping skills, one of the things I am doing is, is doing projects because though I do know that staying home and washing my hands and all that good stuff is very useful, it doesn't always feel very useful. Uh, and uh, yeah, not feeling useful, feeling hopeless, helpless, not good things. So I thought um, projects, yeah, good distraction, sense of accomplishment. I could probably use a bit of that right now. And most of these things are things I was planning on doing anyway, but I've just been giving them some more focus. So I've been working on getting my hydroponic garden up and running again. And like I said, I was going to do this anyway. I am not worried about the grocery supply chain right now, at least not here in Canada. And there was no way I could grow enough in my tiny apartment to sustain me or anything. I mean, I guess maybe technically I could if I converted every available space to, into a ver into an urban farm. But you know, that's a no. I have to live here too. But I, you know, I thought having herbs and lettuce hanging around would be nice on a normal day. So now with the pandemic, not having to leave the house to eat something fresh, that, that sounds like a good idea. Again, I'm not worried. But it's just that extra bit of reassurance that might not be logical, but yeah, still reassuring. And I'm also with my projects trying to substitute like like for like. I mean, it's so easy to get unbalanced when you're, especially if you're like working from home, work can take over all the time you have, or just looking up COVID-19 related information can take up your entire life. And at least the work can be a great way for your brain to focus on something else and feel useful, COVID-19 research. I mean, unless you actually are the researcher, not so much, not all the time every day. So, so yeah, I'm still, I'm trying to make sure I keep the balance between doing stuff and being social and all of those things. So I crochet anyway, so, and I do socialize a lot at Stitch and Bitches because those are drop-in social things, which work really well for me because I'm not always available. I can drop in if, if I am and if I'm not, eh, next time. And I think virtual Stitch and Bitch meetup things are a thing. I am saying thing way too often, but I've never really looked into it, which is silly because if I'm having a not so great day, that could be a good strategy even on those days, even before the pandemic. So I don't know why I didn't, but that's a little mini research project I have on the list. Once I get the Ikea shelves up, because those are where the garden is going, I want to make some floor space so I can get back into yoga. And again, I've been meaning to add some more stretchy strength type stuff into my world. And this seemed like a good opportunity to figure out how to do that in my place. I mean, I can't go down to the gym anymore, clearly. Right now I'm still getting out and walking, but I don't know. Some places have really been locked down. 
Toronto right now isn't, but by the time you listen to this, I don't know what's gonna what the world's gonna be like. So um, having something physical I could do in my own space sounded like a good plan. And another idea I came across before all of this pandemic stuff was going on um, was living vicariously through other people's blog, like travel blogs or doing muse- virtual museum tours. And when I did stumble across it, I, 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 I must be honest, I like completely rejected the idea of looking at travel blogs. I mean, not because it's a bad idea. Clearly it works for that person, but it seemed like a bad idea for me. Looking at travel stuff can be a big reminder of what I can't do anymore. So I don't always find that sort of thing relaxing or nice, but I am going to keep it on the back burner. I mean, it might be worth trying again when the cabin fever kicks in. I may need some virtual outdoor time. Might be a good idea. But the virtual museum tours sounded great. I just haven't gotten around to doing it. And I don't know why the idea of a virtual museum tour doesn't make me feel like I'm missing out when the travel one does. But I'm just going with it. I don't know. Maybe because even if you visit a museum, you don't see everything. But even if you visit a country, you don't see everything. I don't know. Okay, I think that is way more than enough blah blah blah. So, on to the dash of happy. So, this month, my dash of happy is not just a dash. I am so happy and grateful for all the people that are working on this. You know, there's people that are researching, there's public health, there's communication, there's the entire healthcare system, and all the people who are keeping essential services up and running. I mean, those people, huge thank yous, like they're the best. But I'm actually super impressed that people in general are actually changing their behaviors to deal with this, with the isolation and the distancing and the washing hands. And I know there's some people that aren't, and I know it's not perfect, and there are huge challenges for people and companies who are, but it is way quieter in downtown Toronto. So things have changed. And so, yeah, that's my dash of happy is like, I'm happy people are taking this stuff seriously. So thank you everyone, because you're the best. Alrighty, closing out housekeeping, housekeeping time. So please subscribe because there is no schedule. I try to launch once, I try to launch an episode once a month, but um, yeah, it happens whenever it happens, usually closer to the end of the month. And fuck the algorithms. I mean, I don't even know if rating or reviewing really does help or if it's something we tell ourselves, but especially with the social distancing, like do help out a friend on how to listen to podcasts, even if it's not this one, just go help them. Like just go help them figure out how to download, install, subscribe. I mean, it's a great way of feeling less alone and drowning out the voices in your head. That might just be me. I don't know. Just me? I don't know. Anyway, social media, just medicated babbling pretty much everywhere, except for Twitter. Too long of a username. M babbling for uh, for Twitter. And thank yous to Fresh Kills, at Fresh Kills, uh, K-I-L-S, for the intro and outro music. And thank you to the listeners, because... Again, I'm always surprised if anyone listens to the end. But yeah, we can do this. It's not going to be fun, but we can do this. Anyway, don't forget you matter, and I'll talk to you next time. One, two, three, four, get it! One, two, three, four, get it! One, two, three, four, get it! One, two, three, four, get it!